into the contest. It's Thursday, the 2nd of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert, I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee. Now, Shana, of course, I love listening to uh, Lunch with Lee, your podcast, and my brother Kieran and I were on it, which was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and you found a way to continue to get the lunch going and, and, and the physical lunch as well as the, the podcast through the lockdown. Mate, big time. It's not the same as being around a table breaking bread with your, your, your fellow colleagues, sportsmen, but um, it's, uh, it, it must, the show must go on, Timmy. So, yeah, we always order in um, uh, and we do it via Zoom. So it's the way of the modern world, Tim. So this today we're uh, interviewing... Um, uh, Mike Goldman, who's the former host of Big Brother. I'm going to talk about all things internet security with a guy called uh, Noel Allnut. So be interesting to see where all our data is going. But uh, I'll tell you what, what will be happening is we have some good food while we're doing it. Any any insight into what you might have today? Is there uh, like is there some cured salmon or uh, what, what's doing? No, I, th- I think a little bit of Japanese today, mate. Just a little bit of salmon teriyaki. Um, yeah, some some nice um, maybe California rolls. See how we go. And O'Brien's beer, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. No, you've got to wash it down <laughs> with the good stuff, the O'Brien's beer. I love the gluten-free stuff. All right, uh, there's a huge amount to talk about. Of course, the final round of the NRL, we've got the AFL. These two semifinals, they'll be crackers. We've got a former rugby league player who's made it big in the NFL. And what is the latest in Ben Simmons' gate? So, Shane, let's start with a bit of NRL because I want to get your view on tonight's game, Roosters and Raiders. It should be a cracker. The Roosters have got a few players back. Canberra, of course, playing for a spot in the eight. But it was really interesting. And, look, I know Nick Politis. Um, He's not a really public figure but a very powerful figure. But we saw an insight into the soul of Nick Politis when he basically spoke to Roosters Radio saying – that he teared up when he saw the scenes of Joey Manu last week when his season was over after that hit from Latrell Mitchell. It was really interesting to, to read. I didn't hear it, but I saw the transcript. Yeah, definitely, mate. He's um he's a he's a real nice soul, old Nick Politis. Definitely he loves he loves that team, he loves that football club. And uh yeah, for him to say and he that tears welled in his eyes when he saw Joey Manu's fractured jaw. And that the, he went back to you know Latrell and said why 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 were you doing this and had no animosity at all it was uh, it was a real special moment but yeah he does love that football club and that team that's for sure cracking game of footy isn't it you've got Hargraves coming back you've got Angus Crichton coming back Josh Morris just announced his retirement he's playing tonight and Canberra Ricky the, the most intense ringing a ball and egg on his head when he gets all upset you definitely can and uh, I, I think the Roosters will win this match tonight I think. Um, with what's going on with the club, with uh, with the coach Robertson speaking out, I reckon this is going to really gel the Roosters. I think they'll play well tonight, and uh, that'll be the end of the season for the Raiders, I'm calling. Well, it's a bit of a return to the Messiah, or by the Messiah, Phil Gould, to the Bulldogs, of course, as uh, the general manager of football. Uh, he was, as a young man, if you look at the pictures now, back in uh, 1988, when he took him to that premiership, uh, as coach, uh, and he's just gone through the list and gone red pen, red pen, red pen, sack, 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 sack. He definitely has, mate. He's, yes, as you said, he's a bit of a legend over there at the Bulldogs. But, uh, yeah, Gould's come in and, and basically sacked Napa, Hopawadi, Lachlan Lewis, um, Nick Meaney, just to name a few, um, to make way for, obviously, Addo Carr, uh, Matt Burton, who I think is a fantastic footballer coming across, Matt Dufty, uh, Tavita, Pangai Jr., and, and Brent Naden, and also Vaughan as well. I reckon... The guy that's going to be really, really careful about his job is Trent Barrett. I reckon he'll be next to go. And here's my little tip. I reckon Trent Barrett will get sacked 
halfway through the next year, and Freddie Fittler will come in. Gus will bring him in. You watch. Mm, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? That would be very interesting, whether or not he could hold mm. both hands because he obviously he's on contract for another couple of years with, with the New South Wales team, but plenty of people have done it before. Plenty of coaches have managed to do it before. Now, what about this other cracking story? He, he never went to the top grade at the Bulldogs or South Sydney, but Jordan Maialata, uh Philadelphia Eagles, he's going to be a starter in that team. Now, that is extraordinary. He's gone to NFL, six foot eight, 166 kilos, what a story, mate! What a story. Yep, he was, uh, I think, uh, seventh in the in the draft round pick in two thousand and eighteen, but now is in the starting lineup um, for the Philadelphia Eagles as a, in the in the offensive line, mate, on the left side. So, what an amazing uh, journey that is! That is the big time. Um, and it'll be serious pressure, but with that comes serious, serious cash. Good on you, Jordan. Yeah, serious, serious cash. Grew up in Bankstown, went to school at Condell Park. Uh, massive human, six foot eight, 166 kilos. Mm. He signed that rookie contract in 2018 for around that 2.5 million mark. And if he can prove himself, um, look, this is no guarantee he will stay as a starter, but if he can prove himself and he's showing this 24 year old that he's got that kind of drive, he could sign a contract. 60, 70, 80 million dollars. So that's the kind of money that we're talking about. All right, let's have a look at the AFL because we've seen plenty of AFL players or a number of AFL players go across to the NFL as kickers. Um, Craig McRae, before we look at these two games, uh, officially, we, we, we alluded to it yesterday, officially in that top job at the Pies. And um, that's a tough job. It is a tough job, but he's been in and around that club for five years as the um, head of development there. Um, so he's obviously brought a lot a lot of young guys through the system. So he'll have a real personal touch with a lot of them as well. So, And he's promised the, uh, the Collingwood faithful that he will play a very, very positive, exciting brand of footy, um, get him on board. So he understands the culture of the club, but uh, is it the Poises Chalice? I don't know, but the guy's got great credentials and I think it can't go any worse for Collingwood as it went this year. No, no, we wish him well. All right, what about these two games? I know you'll you'll be sitting there uh, in your AFL gear, your Swans gear, although they're um, trying to organise an end of season trip. I don't know where you go to. Where do you go? Where do you go on an end of season trip these days if you're in Victoria, New South Wales? Do you go into the lounge room? I, I, I'm not quite sure where you head to or the kitchen. But um, but what about these two games? What do you think? I think it's going to be two very one sided matches. I think Geelong will smash G- GWS. I don't think they can win without Toby Green, mm. and they've got a few players coming back this week. Week. Um, but also, and I think the Bulldogs will smash Brisbane. So I think they'll be the two going through to play Port and the Melbourne teams next week. What about the name Liner? The name Liner may not be lost on the Wallabies. Mm. He declares Tom Liner, of course, he's the son of Wallaby legend Michael Liner, who played in the number 10 for, for Australia, declares he wants to follow in his father's footsteps. It's just a lovely story and something that uh, rugby union needs. Um, yeah, he's, he was born in Italy, uh, but raised in the UK, played for the Harlequins. His older brother played for the, still plays for the Harlequins, but he wanted to come to Australia. He wanted to follow in the footsteps of his dad. He's also a fly half. Um, Queensland Reds are going to give him the opportunity. So he's going to be fronting up at Ballymore like his old man did. You know, Michael Lyon was a 1991 uh, fly half uh, world champion. So 
fingers crossed that uh, the pedigree is good and um, we might have a, a future fly half in the Wallabies jersey in not too not too distant future. Yeah, what a, what a player he was, Michael Liner, just extraordinary in in a in a fantastic team. That was a cracking era for Australian rugby. Well, what about this Bledisloe Cup? We play New Zealand. It's in Australia this time. We see James O'Connor come back. Um, they'll 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 be better than Eden Park. Eden Park tends to be such a ditch for them to walk out of, doesn't it? Uh, the Wallaby side. They um, and then that second game obviously got well away from them. I think they'll be better on Sunday. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Um, it is Father's Day, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, mate, that it doesn't ruin my Father's Day. But um, look, hopefully they play better. It just seems that uh, every Test match that we play with the Wallabies. We're picking and choosing different lineups and different halves, and it makes it very, very hard for the players who are playing to uh, to feel any confidence. But if you're getting flogged, um, changes are made, Tim. Yeah, oh, exactly. And that was part of the thing in the World Cup, wasn't it, when Michael Checker was still coaching. They, mm. uh, it looked like he didn't – part of that restructure was that he wasn't uh, able to control who was in the side, and they went with different halves nearly every single game. And you just can't do that. It's like going in cricket, and you know cricket like no one else. Mm. Uh, you can't have a different opening batting pair every single week. It's just not going to work. What, what about uh, what about Afghanistan? It looks like the Taliban – like uh, who would ever <laughs> think we were going to say this? The Taliban have given the green light for Afghanistan to play in this test match in a few weeks' time. This was scheduled for last year, of course, last December, but got canned. Um, yeah, I, I hold grim, uh, grim hopes for their, their women's cricket. I really do, and I say that quite seriously. But um, Afghanistan, mm. they, they've, they've improved very much uh, as a cricket team. They have, mate. They've had full um, ICC test status since 2017. Uh, but this hot historic test was due to take place. Well, it will take place in Hobart. It does coincide with the T20 World Cup. So Australia will be at the likes of, um, you know, Smith, Warner, Stark and, and Cummins. But um, the Taliban, yeah, they're supporting the, the men's cricket team. They said they like cricket, the Taliban. Um, but as you said, mate, they will not be supporting the women's cricket over there. So it's a real shame for those young women cricketers in Afghanistan. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd be keen to get on any bloody tour to, to Afghanistan over there. Definitely not. No, I don't think I don't think they exist, to be honest. Well, a real change of pace. What, what about the sport, sportsmanship shown by Dylan Alcott? Uh, a really classy performance, of course, in the semi-final at the Paralympic Games. There's been some wonderful moments. And uh, this young guy, uh, Niels Vink, uh, he's 18 years of age. It was a, an epic battle and Dylan eventually beat him in three sets and the embrace afterwards this young bloke who's only 18 years of age uh, idolized Dylan Alcott and uh, so he's been a real so for him to play in a final like that he, Dylan said he gripped him that hard he wouldn't let go yeah it was a beautiful moment uh, Dylan went around the other side of the net and they both um, hugged and had a, an embrace for what felt like minutes um yeah, they were both crying in each other's arms. It was, it was a beautiful moment in sport. But as you said, the young Dutch teenager, Niels Vink, um, did idolise Dylan. And, you know, he sent him a message on his 18th birthday. So if the fact that he got there to play Dylan, who is the best, te- you know, um, wheelchair tennis player in the world, um, was a really, really special moment and it really sort of summarised what the spirit of these um, Paralympics is all about. 
Yeah, and he just continues to roll on, doesn't he? He's a, he's an amazing player, Dylan Alcott. When he won Wimbledon, I we watched it. Uh, he's a, yeah, he's he's a character, and he and he gets them all going too because he shows his mm. unique personality all through everything he does. Uh, now Ben Simmons, the Ben Simmons, could we call it Simmons Gate? Um, look, <laughs> it looks like he's finally going to leave the Sixers. Such an amazing basketballer. Let's just hope that everything is straight now for him, and we talk more about the points he's scoring than the dramas off court. Yeah, it seems to be um, he's not really well liked amongst the, the team. So I don't know where he's going to end up. He, he's too much of a talent not to end up playing in the um, in the NBA again. But uh, yeah, I don't know where he's going to land, Tim. Yeah, no, let's watch that space for sure. And now what about this Australian WWE star, Buddy Murphy? He's been a bit Buddy stupid. Um, slam for a tone-deaf post. Yeah, mate, uh, he got it very, very wrong. Buddy Murphy came out and said that he'd been um, released from his own contract. He's a free agent, and he sort of um, made the reference to like being released from slavery. Um, talk about a tone-deaf comment, and uh, he quickly removed his tweets uh, from all social media because uh, – yeah, being off contract in sport has nothing to do with slavery, that's for sure. Yeah, I think you might have got a fairly quick reaction. That might have yeah. uh, sped up the whole taking down of that post. All right, now uh, we mentioned Afghanistan before. Of course, their neighbours are Pakistan. Um, as a reporter, I went there in the 96 World Cup and I remember we had to write a form at the hotel to say we were functioning alcoholics <laughs> to get a bit of Pakistan scotch. Otherwise, you couldn't get any. That was 1996. What was it like touring as a player? It was it was a really crazy time because there was a lot of stuff and a lot of quite a lot of unrest going on, um, particularly in, in Sri Lanka um, with the Tamils over there. So we ended up playing the final in Pakistan. Um, you're right, yeah. Um, for a Muslim country, they're not supposed to serve alcohol, but we found ways to get plenty of alcohol over there. That's for sure. But uh, it, it was a really um, it was a welcoming place when we were there in '96. But only a couple of years later. Trevor Bayless, who we're sort of tipping to be the next Australian coach after Justin Langer, um, was coaching Sri Lanka over there, the last tour, and his bus was shot up on the way to the ground. Um, and it wasn't, he reckons, only because the bus driver had the the guts to put his foot down and head down and continued on that the bus wasn't stopped and all the players weren't, weren't, um, weren't killed. So a very, very different uh, place uh, in the world to play. They haven't played a game over there since. Yeah, Pakistan. Yeah, it's a different different kind of place. Mm. The um, yeah, back then uh, in 1996, if we look at the the brighter side of that story, I, the, the the result wasn't what what you wanted, but um, it was it was it was a wild old time, wasn't it? Um, flying up out of because uh, I, I was there as a reporter, flying up out of uh, northern India into Pakistan. That was a a difficult exercise at best because of all the security around it. Yeah, well, big time. It's um, right up on the Rajasthan border there was, um, yeah, looking back on it now, I didn't really understand the full political ramifications of being there and, and what we were doing until now. And maybe that was a good thing, Tim. We, we, might, not, we might not have went. but um, I think I was a bit naive to it yeah, as well. But they definitely made us feel welcome when we were there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I had this telephone, this Inmarsat telephone, and there was soldiers everywhere before that flight up into Lahore. And this guy, this 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 Indian soldier, he mm. goes, make it work, make it work. And I said, but I can't make it work. It's nighttime. This thing relies on heading up, and I've got to push it over here. And he goes, uh, oh, yeah, finally I got on the plane. But, uh, yeah, touring Pakistan, touring the subcontinent, look at his part. When you think about it, it, it is part of the magic of what cricket is, is where it's played. It's played in so many places that many other sports never, ever get to. So uh, it's fascinating, and it's part of the, the rich tapestry of the game of cricket. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. www.xblades.com.au And of course our wonderful producer, Mr Dan McHugh. We will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.